go to God in prayer. So if you would, please, bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for this chance to be together in worship. Lord, I ask that this morning you calm the seas, all the anxiety, depression that we have, the nervousness. And Lord, just be with us this morning as we talk about what it means to be Christ-like. Lord, I pray all of these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So this is one of my favorite songs I like to listen to because it's one of those things where in the mornings when I'm going to work, I'll put it on in the car or I'll put it on my iPad at work and I'll think about how God can use me in some way that day. So let's sing this together. Well, here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. We'll speak what is true. Sing with me. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Speak what is true. 
often. Who wants to guess why I'm wearing a red shirt? It's not Valentine's Day. It's not Christmas. Those were two other days I might wear. But why am I wearing a red shirt today? Huskers. Good guess. Wrong answer. What? Out of laundry? No. Ohio State. No, that would be really bad. And I I was told that that is a scarlet red. Right, Randy? Okay. So far, no right answer. This is... Is what? Oh, a Husker funeral? Well, they're going to come back. They played an okay game. Actually, the tradition in the Christian church, especially in um, Lutheran congregations, is to to have red on Reformation weekend. And you might be thinking, what was, what's Reformation? Well, 503 years ago, somebody named Martin Luther was struggling with something uh, deeply. I mean, he was just stirred. He, he couldn't figure out how was he ever going to satisfy God's wrath towards sin. Because at the time, the church was teaching what Jesus did plus what you do will equal your salvation. And he was tormented by that. Because he, he knew what Jesus did. He suffered, died, and rose again. But he couldn't figure out this other part. How and how much do I have to do? So finally, as he was going through the book of Romans, God's Holy Spirit taught him that it's 100% what Jesus does. His suffering, death, and resurrection, resurrection takes care of all sin. And it allowed him to have a sense of peace. And a little bit later, I'll give you a little bit more of the the storyline. But it is for you and me too. If you're sitting here today and you've come in through these doors and you're feeling the effect of sin, and if you're trying to figure out how do I deal with this sin, number one, and the only way to deal with it is to give it to Jesus. Because he's the one that suffered and died for our sins so that we can have forgiveness in life. So I want to pray. I'm going to just... You know, go to our Lord and we'll confess that sin and then I'll remind us of the good news that comes in Jesus. Let's pray.
Dear Lord Jesus, as we consider your love for us, we, we consider the magnitude of it. Just the fact that you came to this earth because you saw our desperate condition. As you saw our sin and the, well, the ultimate um, consequence, which would be separation from our Heavenly Father forever. You, you didn't want that, so you were willing to come to this earth, live a perfect life, and then die on a cross. It's amazing grace that you have for us, giving your life so we can have life. So, Lord Jesus, we confess to you all the sin that we have done, all the sin in who we are, and we come to you because you are the one that forgives. Thank you. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for all that you have done in the past, are doing right now, and will do in the future. Thank you for the gift of eternity with our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I pray that that's what you know and that's what you hold on to. Because in Christ alone we have forgiveness. In Christ alone we have peace. In Christ alone we can have a joy that can change a life. And may that good news of God's love in Jesus uh, just give us the, the power and the strength to live as his children. Amen. All right, as we continue in worship, a couple quick an uh, announcements. Uh, again, if you're a guest here today, thank you for coming. We invite you to come on back and come continue to worship. But we'd like to meet you and greet you so you can stop, if you would, at, um, in the family gathering area, Next Steps. Uh, we have a gift for you and we'd love to meet you. If you'd rather do it digitally, what you can do is uh, text 1C guest to 94000, and that will get the ball rolling, and we can communicate with you and maybe answer any questions you have. Also, if you're sitting here today and you have a prayer request, a prayer of concern or a prayer of thanksgiving, uh, we'd love to include that in worship today. And so, so we have forms that are out on, in the family gathering area, but you can also text them in. And you can text to 402-242-5051, and those requests will be gathered and then prayed for in this service. And also, if you're on Facebook Live, welcome. So glad that you've joined us in worship. You can also write in the comments section, put any prayer requests, and we'll include those in worship. All right, and last but not least, again, a little bit later, we're going to be having communion. And hopefully on the way in, you receive the elements for communion. If you didn't, let me just remind you what we believe as a church. We believe that Jesus, about 2,000 years ago, as he was celebrating the Passover meal, which was really remembering what God did in the past with his chosen people, he said something different around that table. He said, take eat, this is my body, take drink, this is my blood. And we believe that we take those words literally. So as he was holding the bread and as he was holding wine, he also said it's body and blood for forgiveness. So we believe that all four things are present in this meal. And in, in fact, if that's your belief, we invite you and encourage you to join us in this meal. And so during the next song, you can go and stop and pick up these elements, bring them back into worship, and we will have the celebration of the Lord's Supper in just a little bit. Again, may God be glorified in all these ways in which we give thanks to him who blesses us so much.
Heavenly Father, what, a, um, what an appropriate question. How can it be? How can it be where people like us um, get these blessings that come from you? And the answer is simple. It's your immense love for us that moved you to send your son, that moved you to let him die on a cross. But we also thank you for his resurrection and what it means for us today. So as we look into your word, Lord, we pray that your spirit would be sent in a powerful way and that through your Holy Spirit, our eyes, our ears, our hearts would be opened to understand more fully how this can be, how you can love people like us. Thank you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as we take a journey today, you'll notice a couple things. We've got a bunch of pumpkins up here, so it says there's something different happening this week. And yes, I'm wearing red, says something. And even the, the screen up here has three different things, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, and Refor Reformation. So I want to give you a little summary, short, brief summary of these and how they fit together. So just I'm going to read some of my notes so that uh, I don't miss any of it. First off, as we talk about Halloween, the beginning of Halloween is a little murky. We don't really know the, the or origin of it, where it started. There's some legends and some ideas about it, uh, but we really don't know much. Some believe that it goes back into Europe some time ago, and it was really the end of the harvest season. So there would be some kind of celebration of the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the new year. So really, as they thought about life and the rhythm of their life, it was revolved around farming. And I'm, I think about that now that I'm in Columbus, where there's a whole bunch of farms around me, uh, just that rhythm. You know, in springtime, the planting, you know, and it, even before that, the pre preparation for the field, the planting, and all the things that go on leading up to this thing called the harvest. And yes, when I was a kid... I just thought that food sh showed up on a shelf. I really didn't think about all that would have to go into um, the process so that we could be fed. And so back in Europe, what they would do is they'd, they'd recognize the end of the harvest and it would be Halloween. In the 800s, Pope Gregory IV moved All Saints Day from May to November 1st. And there are people that wonder, you know, why did he do that? Was there some motives going on? Some believe, and I'm thinking this might be the reason why, is to bring a little bit more of a Christian emphasis to this rhythm of the world, of this farming thing. Back then, there was something called guising. And if you look carefully at that word or you think about it, guising, and if you look at the word disguise, when somebody wears a disguise, that's what was going on back then. People would wear different kind of uh, disguises to kind of hide, and ultimately to hide away from the evil one in order to celebrate this new year. 
The, tri- the, the tradition of trick-or-treating as we know it began essentially as a revival of the guising. And it was a lot of the Scottish and Irish immigrants that came to the United States in the late 19th century and was fully embraced by the American culture somewhere in the 1940s. So prior to that, there wasn't a lot of, quote, trick-or-treating and wearing disguises and all that. But it was a, a revival back into our culture. Now going to the Reformation. We go back about 503 years to the year 1517. On All Saints' Eve, which is Halloween, or All Hallows' Eve, right? Martin Luther goes to the church in Wittenberg. He goes to the door, and instead of, quote, trick-or-treating, he takes the 95 theses. These are 95 statements that he is now making so that there could be some discussion with the church so that some changes or reformation could be made. Let me give you the flavor. I'm not going to read all 95 because we would be here until late afternoon. Uh, I'm just going to read the first one because it really is the starting point of the Reformation. It is the starting point of people's lives being changed. So this is the first thesis. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent, from Matthew 4, 17, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Pastor, pastor, pastor. I have an idea. Morgan, uh, this is uh, sermon time. This is a, you know, is there a better time we could do this? No, I have to tell you right now. Okay. You know, your dad did say that you were a little stubborn and stuff, but let's just try it. (laughs) Did he actually say that? Well, maybe. (laughs) All right, so our pumpkin patch. Okay. Okay, take a look at it. You got all different shapes, sizes, color, and even this really nasty one. Wow. Okay, so this is us. All of these pumpkins are us. We're all different, and God chooses us. Oh, my goodness. So... Different shapes, different sizes, some with kind of warts and blemishes. Nasty, nasty. Yucky stuff. And God chooses us. He literally picks us out of the patch and chooses us, even when we're dirty. When did that? Oh, it does come off, yeah. Ew. So let me, uh, let, me, let me take it somewhere. I like this, the, the imagery. In fact, yeah, God picks us from the patch and brings us in. And it reminds you of John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, just like what you just said, here we are, and he chooses to love us and pick us and call us to be part of his own. I like that image. Perfect for where we're going today. So, thank you so much for coming and sharing. Pastor, I'm not not done. I'm not done. There's more. There's more. Okay. We're dirty. Sin. Okay. All that nasty stuff. And he literally takes us and wipes us clean. So he picks us just the way we are. And he wipes us clean. Let me uh, share a Bible verse. Like right over here, you can see it here. Okay. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So he picks us. He chooses us, he cleans us, and we're brand new. Sweet, you did it again. Thank you very much. 
I'm going to carry on my... No, 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 no. Come on. Come on over here. Stop trying to get rid of me. I have to show you something else. You know what you do when you carve a pumpkin? Did you have pumpkins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of kids, so... Just checking. He literally takes us after he cleaned us and everything, and he literally scoops us out, all the nasty stuff that is in us, and clears us out. The yucky stuff. I don't like... That's probably my least favorite part. Honestly, when I was younger, my dad had to do it for me because I was not getting my nails dirty. I think, I think you're on to something here. Our Heavenly Father, when He sees us, remember, he, he picks us, He chooses us, He washes us on the outside, but then He also does something for us on the inside. And let's just say this is sin. This is the yuck of our life. Okay? I think this, this Bible verse, let's take a look right here. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So he, he takes care of all of this stuff, the old self, the sinful stuff, and that we might be new, brand new. Once again, you did it. Thank you so much. Um, have a nice day. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. We got to carve our pumpkin. Oh, okay. He literally gives us a new face. Oh, my goodness. Are you judging my carving skills? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so so this, is, this is nice. Look at this. There's a smile. There's a, it's something changed with that pumpkin as a result of all the stuff that's happened. Being chosen, being washed on the outside, being cleaned on the inside, our sin. There's a kind of a change that happens. Maybe a new look or outlook in life. Which brings me to a, another Bible verse. Take a look at this one. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. So when something good happens, and all of a sudden, we are reflecting something really positive. And I'm, I just think this is a beautiful imagery of a changed life. And so let me go through this again. Chosen, valued, loved, cleaned on the outside, cleaned on the inside, you know, from all this yucky stuff. And all of a sudden, as a result, we have a new outlook in life. And once again, you nailed it. Thank you so much. One more thing. You are persistent, aren't yep, you? I... <laughs> when we're done carving our pumpkin, we always put a light in it so other people can see the change in us. Uh... Not just for us, but for them too. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It reminds me, you know, when we have baptisms here, uh, we'll often give the family a candle. And then I share a Bible verse about it where it says, I am the light of the world, you know, and, and he lives inside of us. So here, look at this. You are the light of the world. So not just Jesus, but he lives in us. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let's walk through this one more time. Chosen, loved, valued by God. And even though we're all different shapes, sizes, all different kind of circumstances of life, he loves us. Even he, when we're nasty. Yeah, even when we're nasty. And then he picks us, chooses us, cleans us off on the outside and the inside. 
And then he puts a smile on our face, and then he puts his light of his love inside of us so we can shine forth all over. I think that's really cool. I'm finally done now if you... Are you sure? Finally done? Let me think about it for a little bit longer. Okay, I think you you are done. Let's give a round of applause. (laughs) Woo-hoo. And I'm hoping that when you look at a pumpkin or a jack-o'-lantern, go through that storyline. Because that is the storyline of how God is at work. He loves us so much. He picks us. He chooses us. You know, and somebody asked me um, after the last service, um, does he just not want every... He wants every single person ever born to be part of his family. That's what he wants. He wants to clean us off on the outside and on the inside. He wants us to have a changed life so that, you know, there's a smile and there's a new outlook in life and that we would shine the light of Jesus. So this is the rhythm of the life. And what I want to do is take you to a psalm that I think mirrors this again. So I'm going to make my way over here. Psalm 40. And let me just talk about this for a second. King David wrote a lot of the psalms. And if you remember, I talked about psalms uh, can be uh, defined as human condition, God's solution. And I've talked in the past about Psalm 23. The human condition that David was thinking when he wrote about that, I am confident. He was thinking about the sin with Bathsheba and how bad that was and how it just oppressed his life and made him feel like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? But because of God's grace and mercy, he also saw God's hand. And he will walk, right? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He knew that because of God's grace and mercy. Well, Psalm 40 is another one of David's psalms. And most commentators believe that this psalm is a reflection of another time in his life. A little bit earlier, when King Saul was chasing David down. Because David was proving himself to be um, a great warrior, a great leader, and King Saul was feeling, I think, a little vulnerable to things. So Saul was literally trying to get David killed. But God spared him. And so you could see, perhaps, the human emotion, the human condition, and God's solution woven into Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He put my feet upon a rock. I will now sing a new song. So if you would, track with me again. Let's just picture this pumpkin patch is really the mud and mire of life. It's muddy, it's icky, it's yucky, we're dirty, we're, it's just the way it is. And as we cry unto the Lord, he hears our cry. He lifts us up out of the mud and mire, which is our sin, and he puts our feet upon a firm rock. And then the response of one who has been redeemed, the response of one who has been saved by Jesus will sing a brand new song. And we'll sing a song into the world in which we live. And for me, that is going to be uh, the rhythm I hope that we can consider all the time. Don't forget that you are a sinner. Don't forget that you would be lost forever. But God didn't want that. 
He wanted you to be saved. He wanted you to be part of his family. So he sent his son to come to this earth and he'll lift you up no matter what you're going through. As a pastor, I, 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 I get to be part of your life and your world. And I'll just say, you know, I have some of those same kind of moments too where it feels as if the muck and the mire is going to get us. Well, on this earth, sometimes we're going to have that and it's going to be be painful. It's going to um, maybe cause us to feel despair. But God reaches into our life, into our world, into our personal world, and says, I understand what you're going through. I understand your, your hurt and your burden. And he picks us up. And he holds us tightly. And he says, I've got you. Even when people and places and things disappoint you, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will love you with an everlasting love. I will be with you to the very end of the age. So may those promises of God be with you and me today as we live our life. And may that give us a sense of joy that shines brightly, just like that jack-o'-lantern about a God who loves us so much that he sent his only son. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus, we are so very grateful that you love with a love that never, ever fails. It never lets go. And it's that kind of love that we dive deep into when we come to you in prayer this morning. So Lord, we ask in your mercy, hear our prayers. Prayers for the healthcare workers who are directly involved working in the pandemic. Prayers for peace and strength to all of our schools and the staff members, teachers, and students. A prayer going out for relief from the wildfires for friends and family who are experiencing these things over in Colorado. And prayers for my elderly parents who are suffering with COVID. Lord, we ask that you wrap your arms around all those in need and that those who are particularly suffering emotionally or mentally or physically, you will walk with them. A prayer to keep my sister close and to help her with everything that is coming her way. A prayer for another sister who's traveling home today. She's gonna to be in the snow. Keep a close eye on her, Jesus. A prayer for my family at the passing of my mother-in-law this past Wednesday. Lord, walk with this family in your mercy. Just a prayer for family and friends to do this, just to come to a place of trusting you wholly, trusting your guidance. A prayer for our country and a prayer for those in a family who are experiencing a diagnosis of cancer. And finally, Lord, a prayer for a daughter to make good decisions for her and for her daughter. These are the prayers of your people that we bring before you. We ask you in your great mercy to hear and to answer and to wrap us close in your arms. And we will close our time of prayer saying what you taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of Holy Communion. I invite you to t- please take out those elements. And again, what I do first is I'm going to share with you the words of Jesus spoken in that upper room about 2,000 years ago where we get the instruction for Holy Communion. Then after I share those words, I'll invite you to take each of those elements and to receive them and the blessings that come with them. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would take the, the bread, the body of Christ, take and eat. This is his body for the forgiveness of sins. And if you would take the juice or the wine, take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. We pray. Lord Jesus, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. We thank you for your life on this earth. We thank you for all that you did so we can have forgiveness in life. We thank you right now, especially for this gift of this precious meal, bread and wine, body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. So we thank you for that gift. We thank you for strengthening our faith. We thank you that you remind us that you'll always be with us. For these and all gifts, we say thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Earth to God, come in, God. I know you're there, hearing our prayer wherever you are. We need you now to send your love down take away the pain in your holy name we ask this now we need your life we need your love to heal the world you made and save us now in our darkest hour with your amazing grace earth to God Can you pull us on close to the Holy Ghost and keep us strong?
we have some opportunities coming up this next weekend for you to get involved, and then also um, a little bit later in November as well. Um, next weekend, Saturday, we have our trunk or treat. So love to have you sign up, register to have a trunk. We'll have cars socially distanced and do our best to, to keep everyone safe. That is from 6 to 8 p.m. on the 31st, Saturday. Um, you can also donate candy. So if you can't do a trunk or would like to donate candy uh, or do both, you can drop that candy off um, at the church office at Next Steps, and we will use that to give out to kids in our community. Also, next Sunday, November 1st, from 1.30 to 3.30, we are having a prayer vigil. It's an opportunity for us to come together, seek God and his will, and pray that uh, he would move in uh, through the election, move in our country to uh, put people in place that he would have, and then also just to guide our leaders, whoever they may be, um, and then also time of worship with song, time of prayer, reflection. Um, it will be happening here in the worship center. It will also be some more private spaces as well if you prefer to do that. Roger that. Wait, your name's not Roger. No. Sorry. That's all right. Okay, I'll get it right. Maybe next week. Okay. The prayer vigil thing. You don't have to be here from 1.30 to 3.30. It's a kind of a, you know, come in when you can. Um, if you can come and just sit and pray for 5, 10, 15 minutes, um, that's kind of the purpose. We're getting this out to the community. So we hope that there'll be some who will come, and we're going to have on the screens just some suggested prayers, and we're kind of approaching this to, to pray for those who lead in Columbus, those who lead in Nebraska, those who lead in the United States globally, whatever else you might bring with you on that day. But if you can work that into next Sunday, stop by, spend a little time in prayer. We'll have some scripture to reflect on and, and some worship music as well. Just a quick word about the upcoming community Thanksgiving meal. It is going to happen um, to say that COVID has thrown a, a wrench into things is an understatement. That COVID has thrown a wrench into everything. So that's true for trying to put this Thanksgiving meal together. But we're going to do it. And we're not sure exactly how it's going to look just yet. There is a planning team that's going to meet after this service. We're going to kind of, you know, try to hear from everybody, try to incorporate the ideas that we've heard, hopefully get a consensus and move forward. There's been an awful lot of planning and, and securing of donations and a lot of things going on already. So what it might look like, we could be setting up this room with tables six feet apart with no more than eight to a table. That's going by the current guidelines. And we could do the same thing down in the wood floor gym. It might look like we will just do delivery and have people come by and pick up a Thanksgiving meal. Not determined fully just yet. And... There's some other COVID considerations as well. What I would like to say to, to the faith community gathered here this morning is, if you are ready and willing and able to lend a hand in this project, because something like this, it's a big scope. It takes a lot of um, underneath work to pull it off to serve the community. There'll be a way for you to kind of say, yeah, I've got a couple hours here. I could do something. Well, you can go to the church planning app, and there'll be just a list of things, days, times, what's needed. Take a look at it. See what might fit into your world, and we'll be most grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Um, please rise. We'll receive God's blessing before we sing our final song. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.
Thank you.